so I was at a small group gathering. We had our Christmas gathering a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's the beginning of the month. Yeah, beginning of the month. And so there was regifting going on, and we were proud of it. Why? Because. Oh. Got rid of stuff. Oh, okay. You cleaned out your closet? Yeah. Here's a Why not? pair of Rob's old socks. Re- regifting was encouraged, and I thought that was great. Now I we went home. We got a, we got a good gift on this one. Uh, my wife was able to um, acquire from somebody else because I want to say steal. Okay. But the acquired, acquired from somebody else who had the gift before us. Yes. And the white elephant gift thing that we did uh, a nice set of wooden Christmas trees and they looked really nice. Oh, fun! And, you know, different sizes. Yeah. It tiered up. So there was that, and we wound up going home with butt cream. So that was a <laughs> wonderful gift. Unused. Oh, thank you. Remember, goodness. I did say regifting. Unused. Thank goodness. Which my wife is like, okay, no problem. I'll bring it to Baby Grace, who's only a month, almost two months old. And now. she'll need that kind of thing. Butt cream for the baby. Yeah, because yeah, that's for diaper rash yeah. stuff. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, I don't mind re- if you regift me something, I am totally okay with that. Can I tell you who is the master of regifting? Who's that? Scott Watson, our news guy. What'd you do? Yeah, Scott. I'm a regifter, yeah. especially gift cards. Yeah. In fact, I regifted a gift card recently myself, and I'm not going to say who it is, but one of my kids' teachers today is going to get a gift card that we got as a gift. <laughs> okay, they're going to know. But you know what? <laughs> no names here. One of my kids' teachers. Get one today. <laughs> if it's a teacher and they got a gift card from your kid, they know who they are. <laughs> but that's fine. She will not care, or he will not care. Well, and here's here's what I like about this. Scott is passing this on to his children <laughs> to re-gift. What did the you do? The tradition continues. Scott, Scott, what did you do? Did you tell her, oh, we got to find something around here. You just told yeah. me you want to so take her a gift. That was a last minute thing. Was this? A, okay. It was. I mean, we're mm-hmm. like, okay, we've got different teachers, a number of them that we're getting gifts for. You know, it's that time of year. Yeah. And we're, oh, we've got one that we kind of forgot about. Oh, no. And we had a gift card and said, hey, two and two together. Use that gift. one. You know what? Yeah. He or she might have ended up with the best gift of all. Who gift knows? cards yeah. are amazing. Man, I tell you, that five bucks to Circle K. <laughs> You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. I'm sure you've had either done one of two things. Very possible. It's very rare that this has not happened to a person. Especially in America. In America, this is the home of the brave, the land of the free, and the place of regifting. Because <laughs> it happens, that right? That is the slogan for the USA. Yeah. The- <laughs> Home of the brave, land of the free. Home of the regifting. <laughs> Home of the regifting. So, so here's the thing: you you could be one of two people. You could have either given a re- gift that you received, mm-hmm. or you were the recipient of, of a, a gift. Yeah, it it happens. We got butt cream this year. <laughs> Seriously, you can't the say diaper rash cream. stuff. Heine cream. Whatever. It's butt cream. It says it. It's, it's it does the letter B U T T cream. It does say that. It's a, it does. Oh, it does. So, right. and right. we're able to re gift it <laughs> to yes, baby again. Grace in our family who turns two months old in a week. To a little Heine that needs uh, it. Yeah. So, Lydia's here at 800 447 7234. What about you, Lydia? I grew up in a large family, so I was one of 14 children. And um, so, regifting really kind of has a special place in my heart, and I don't mind it because we were, as you can imagine, not full of money in our household. But we, to, to each other and parents, we would find something that was a treasure of our own 
and re-gift it, wrap it up, and be so proud. And so that's a special place for me that I always remember. And we made it special nonetheless. So I just wanted to share. I'm glad you did. And congratulations for surviving 14 siblings. <laughs> well, you know, I was just a kid. It's my mother that deserves the award. <laughs> True that. Where did you fall in the lineup? What number are you? I'm number 10 from the top. <laughs> You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. Way to go, Jalem. What a kid. Yeah, what a kid. He is a middle schooler in the Charlotte area. And I guess he started this maybe last year or the year before. He wanted to make sure that kids in his neighborhood got a good Christmas. Come on, Jalen. Right? Way to go. So he started doing things like he cleaned up the pool and he did uh, dishes, anything he could, extra chores Earn money, to make huh? a little money. And then he was like, okay, we're, now we're going out, we're buying some Christmas he gifts. He turned it around into gifts. Yes, he did. He even calls his mission the 12 days of Christmas. So all the days that lead up to Christmas Eve, they are going to give back to the community. And he got his family involved in this Good as for well. Jalen. I mean, he's going to him you know he can't drive he's an eighth grader so he's got to have mom and needs a little help yeah get around town yes it's hard to ride a bike around charlotte (laughs) right a little busy with the traffic (laughs) and as many you know of the the extra chores that he did he really wanted to raise more money than that so he could provide even more gifts and so they did set up like a web page where you can donate and the community has really gotten behind jay that's great i know and that you know at 12 years old because I think sometimes when, especially when you're in middle school, uh, it's hard to come out of yourself and see what's happening around you. But he saw a need and then just didn't sit there and think about well, it. Hey, he did something. At 12, I was just thinking about playing soccer out in the backyard. For and then real? I discovered there was young ladies. And so I wanted to date. Right. At 12. Right. I know. Too young. <laughs> But I think Jalen has those same types of thoughts. Oh, you know? no. He's got his priorities straight. That's He's helping people. Yeah. Come on, Jalen. <laughs> You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. And this year, this time of year is always so special to me because this was the time of year that Jesus became so real to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, real. I mean, this the, all the stories that you hear because I grew up in faith. My grandmother and my mom always went to a church, but my mom did that because I was going to a Catholic school at the time, so she was getting scholarship for always going showing up at church because she, she was a single mom. And so I always heard about it growing up, but man, when it became real to me, and it was this time, time of year, I'm like, wow, okay, now I understand why the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger, and now I understand the Virgin Mary, and I'm, it, it, all this stuff just became like, oh, so eye-opening. It was amazing. It I don't is. know about you, but it was amazing. Yeah, I, I got my relationship with Christ over the summer at a vacation Bible school. But I remember just hearing some of the Christmas carols and then it really stopping me in my tracks. Right. Really like the little drummer boy. And there there was a claymation that was a little drummer boy. And I, I've always loved those claymation shows. And I remember watching that one as a 12, 13 year old and going, oh, like that, that was real. Like, this is not just, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, this this is real stuff. Jesus is real. And it made such an impact. Well, Scott, you were like, what, 16 when this became Six, real to you? 16, yeah. And I remember that first Christmas, it was like a different depth, you know, a feeling of Christmas and, and Jesus and that relationship, I guess, was there now. And so, yeah, I just remember it just felt deeper uh, that first Christmas. 
Listen, I don't know what Christmas means to you. I mean, you probably stumbled on his radio because of the Christmas music. It's like, ah, eh, this is pretty cool. It's contemporary, and I and I love it. But we believe it. Seriously, we believe this stuff that you're hearing on his radio. And if you're like, okay, I want to hear more about this, I'm just going to give you a number that you can call. And I promise you, we're not trying to fish information from you no. so we can send you junk mail. That's Mm-mm, that's never. not us. But just just jot down this number or call it now if you want and just ask, what is this whole relationship with Jesus all about? And they'll tell you. I mean, at least you can you can hear about it, you know? And if you want to act on it, that would be awesome. But that's your choice. That's your decision to make. So so here's the number. Just call it. It's 866-987-7729. That is 866-987-PRAY. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. And we're hearing from Sydney. This is so this is so great. If I understand this right, Sydney. This is going to be like your first Christmas since Jesus became so real to you. We're first-generation Christians, so I'm, I don't know what to expect. I think Jesus smiles when he sees stuff like that because, you know, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who enter it like children. You're right. You're absolutely right. Welcome to the family, too, Sydney, and how real this really is. I love, you know, when when you have that personal relationship with Jesus, Christmas just hits different. It really does. Like, you understand why he was born, and it's not a fable anymore. It is real. All I can think of is my experience, Mm -hmm. right? Because I I, I can't, I I, I can hear about other people's experiences and how it became real. But let me tell you, I was horrific. I was a kid living in the streets. I was awful to my mom. That's why she kicked me out. And so here I am, a kid in the streets, all strung out on junk, you know? Mm. I, I did the worst of the worst, ate out of dumpsters. And yet in all of that, Jesus loved me through it, died on the cross for me. And the whole thing about that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, it's, it's, so, it's so real. And someone like me he took in. You know, and someone like you and someone like me and a friend of mine, her husband, I was at his baptism this past weekend and, you know, he's lived a little bit. He He's not a young, young man. And I hate to say that if you're listening, but yeah, he's he is now 24. <laughs> right. But I would love to be there on Christmas morning when everything hits yeah. him and he realizes what what Christ did for him. And how fresh it all is. And how different it is this first Christmas as a Christ believer. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. I'd say William is really smart. At nine years old, he graduated from high school. Wow. Come on. Nine <laughs> years old. And so now he's um, he's 11 and he's decided I'm going to poke some holes in a theory. Theories of scientists most renowned as astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. His name is Stephen Hawking. And Stephen, if you'll remember, believed that God wasn't real. Right. Openly says that. Adamant about that. <laughs> and so William's like, oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> and I'll use science to prove it. Yeah, he's 11 years old, wants wow. to be an astrophysicist. He's done his research. Yeah, he says something had to exist. Something in the beginning had to exist to make everything fall into place so that the world and humans and animals were here. And I'm paraphrasing here because I don't speak science. But what he's saying is that thing that existed, that is God. 
And he says, faith is unquestionable. This 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. Go, man, William. Cool. He's also a son of a preacher, so he's had it in his life mm-hmm. that this is it. The Bible is real. And uh, he's like, you know what? I might be 11. I might have graduated high school, but uh, I still believe that there is a God. Right. And he's been raised knowing about God and having that relationship. But at the same time, he has his own thoughts, you know, and he has come to the conclusion through research that God is real. Uh, One thing he said is we know the universe has an age. It's like 13, almost 14 billion years old. So almost 14 billion years old, there was a single almost particle. They called a quark. I don't know what that is because I'm not a scientist, but he said something had to create that. It's God. He said, you can keep going back and back and back. Something still had to be there <laughs> to make what we know today. And that was God. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning on his radio. What Liz is about to tell you, I don't really think I believe. Why? Because who would buy these? Oh, listen. For that some, much. Somebody going to buy these. Don't, Not for that much. You no. rest assured. No. Hmm. Why? <laughs> because. They're expensive. Because some people have a whole lot of money and not a lot going on. But why? Why buy this for this much? I don't know. I don't know. I guess if you really, really love jeans, and this is your thing, um, and you're a historian. So there were some jeans that were found in an old shipwreck off the coast of North Carolina. Nice. And they think the shipwreck is from 1857. Okay. And they think they found a pair of Levi's, their button fly, like five button fly jeans, like Levi's makes. But there's no indication on these jeans that they're actually Levi's. But they're intact. Like, they hold up really well. They've been sunken for all those years. How old was the shipwreck? 1857 is what they believe. Okay, so them some old jeans. There are some old jeans. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, they look like something that one of the high-end fashion designers would literally (laughs) put on their website right now and sell. Uh, Sure. For a couple thousand dollars. So Okay. Okay, so they're auctioned off? They're auctioned off. The people from Levi's says... These are not Levi's, but the people that so are they don't claim them. They don't claim them. They were like, you know, our historians here uh, with the company don't think they're actually Levi's, and so there you go. But the people that are auctioning them are touting them as Levi's from 1857. Okay, wait till you hear how much they want. For. Here's a price: one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. So somebody bought what's not authentic or at least Levi stamped approved. Yeah. Jeans that was found in a shipwreck. Yeah, which that that part's cool that you found a jeans that's you know pair of jeans that's yeah, pretty but intact. To, but to buy it for that much? No, I would say no. I mean, I could see if you're a historian, hundred and fourteen dollars. But hundred and fourteen bucks. I mean, you're going to pay that for jeans <laughs> in the store today anyway. So, Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. There's no place like home. Robin Liz in the morning, his radio. You're talking about to Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. Go figure, because Tampa, Florida just kind of took that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's no place like Tampa. Because there's two Tampas, at least. I didn't know there's that. There's Tampa, Florida. There's Tampa, Kansas. In Kansas, they have, well, let me tell you the population of Tampa. Not Tampa Bay, not the metro, but just the city of Tampa is over 300,000 people that live there. That's a lot of people. In this other Tampa, in Kansas, there's 100 people 
period. 100,000? 100 people. 100 people. Just 100 people. Don't accidentally book going to (laughs) Tampa, Kansas. Right, yeah. There ain't no Bush Gardens Uh, there. uh, No bay or anything (laughs) else there. So here's the thing. Tampa, Florida reached out to Tampa, Kansas and said, we're going to fly you all in. What? All 100, and we're going to show you the town. From one Tampa to the other. That is so cool. 95 people said, we'll come. The other five were watching the town. (laughs) Somebody's got to stay here and watch all these (laughs) houses. Someone might drive through and want to get gas. (laughs) They take care of them. And so they went and they showed them all of Tampa, went to Bush Gardens. I mean, did all this fun stuff. That's pretty cool. Now, I don't think Tampa, Kansas is going to be able to reciprocate. First of all, the budget's not there. And mm-hmm. where do you put 300,000 people? Robin Liz in the morning. On his radio. Oh, this was so neat at the ski resort in Maine. It's Robin Liz in the morning, his radio. 300 people dressed as Santa skiing down their slopes. And it looks so phenomenal when you see it. It does. And it's so much bigger than even last year. They tend to do this, I guess, just about every year. Um, and so last year it was just a little over 200. 300 showed up this year. Well, hey, you hear, you know, there's going to be the skiing Santa's slaying the slopes. It's something else. Yeah. And I mean, if you've got a spare Santa suit, you know, <laughs> you might as well come out. Oh, yeah. I got one in my closet. Yeah. And some. Wear it every year. I'm big enough. <laughs> oh, stop. But I love that they do this as a town. I love when town a town gets together and all comes together and does something so much fun. Like, and that. I wonder where everybody came from, you know, because oh, this is three hundred people in a in a ski resort. Yeah. So ski resorts aren't always in big, huge towns. No, they probably just showed up from all over New England and you know did their thing. Yeah, which is super cute. And I mean, if I lived in that area, I would take the kids to see this. Yeah, it would be fun, you know. Look at all the Yeah, and look, is that the real Kris Kringle?